Hey guys, I'm Megan Pistetto. Welcome to another episode of So Dramatic. I have another huge episode jam-packed full of explosive married at first sight gossip, maybe even more explosive than the last two weeks. The bar is just being raised higher and higher each week and soon it's going to be impossible to top unless of course I manage to get Megan and Harry on the show for an Oprah Winfrey sequel. Stranger things have happened. Let's get straight into it today or as Slim Shady would say... Coming up today, the question on everyone's lips. Are Lizzie and Seb back together? A friend of Seb's reveals the heartbreaking truth about their surprising romantic getaway last weekend. A married at first sight couple have been spotted by a so dramatic spy cozying up together in public this week. I'm going to reveal who it is. The shocking comment Cameron made about Coco and Samantha is revealed as his affair with Coco takes another turn. Another woman has come forward claiming that she was intimate with Bryce whilst he was still with his ex-fiancee Lana. Plus all the details about his rumoured hookup with former Married at First Sight star Connie as well as the desperate measures Bryce is going to to get VIP treatment at nightclubs already. The truth about the boys' drunken night out and the real reason why Beck was so upset with Jake over it, not all was as it seems when it came to that fight. Plus all the huge bombshells that will be detonated on screen next week, including the mass exodus, Coco and Cam's cheating scandal, everything we need to know about the new intruders, including the intruder that James cracks onto in front of his wife, Joanne. Bryce's secret girlfriend is finally exposed by his co-stars at the dinner party and the huge blow up that one groom has with Patrick over a shocking comment he made about his wife, Belinda. So much drama, so little time. Let's get into the show. But you're like the last person we can tell things to. You want to know something? I have some dirt. So juicy. A few weeks ago, I revealed, as per my last email, that Bachelorette star Fraser Neat had moved on from Ellie Miles with pro golfer and Holy Moly star Montana Strauss. Now, after the story broke, the Daily Mail came out calling my article fake news, even despite me posting a photo of Fraser and Montana together. I had picture proof and despite the information that I had verified from a number of sources close to the couple. Now I spoke to Montana after this and I was like, why are you denying this romance? And she never said that they weren't dating. All she said was that she didn't want anyone to know about it. And fair enough. Now today, Fraser and Montana have gone public with their romance again. And he shared a number of images of her to his Instagram. One of them is of them in the supermarket together and she is covering her face a little bit. You can still make out that it's her, but he's tagged her and he's commented under all of her photos. He's liked every single one. He even left her a comment saying, proud of you. So look, the proof is in the pudding. I don't know how many times I have to say this, but this is not a fake news site. Oh my God, oh my God. Last weekend, we saw Seb and Lizzie reunite for a romantic getaway for her birthday, just a few weeks after they announced their split and it left many fans speculating if it meant that they were officially back together. However, fans weren't the only ones confused by this reunion. 
According to a close friend of Seb's, he was also left scratching his head after the weekend away with Lizzie. The source tells So Dramatic, Seb was telling everyone how excited he was to be going away for his mini break with Lizzie. He thought it meant she wanted to reunite and get back together. However, since he came back, he's been so downtrodden and lacking his usual happy-go-lucky spark. I asked him how his getaway was and he said he had such an amazing time, but since he's gotten home, it's been a whole different story and he's super confused as to why there was a sudden change from Lizzie when they got back home. She pretty much ghosted him after the trip and he can't figure out why. He was under the impression that they were back on, but it's seeming like she just used him for presents and a holiday. The guy is absolutely shattered. Wow, so devastating for poor Seb. I actually thought that Seb and Lizzie were a great match. I'm sad that it has ended and ended in such a horrible way. I hope they're both okay. Watch this space. Oh my God, oh my God. Time for our weekly spotted. One listener slash trusty spy sent in a very crucial piece of evidence that may confirm that one married at first sight couple make it all the way and are still together to this day. They wrote, spotted, Alana and Jason having drinks together at Nobby's Ark on the Gold Coast on Sunday. A plus for this so dramatic listener because they also sent in photographic evidence to back their claims up. And not only were they spotted together, but they were spotted holding hands across the table and looking very loved up. I'm going to share the image on Instagram at so dramatic podcast underscore so you guys can take a look for yourselves. But judging by their body language and the hand holding, I would put all my chips on red that they are still together. Love is not dead on this godforsaken show after all. Oh my God. Oh my God. Another married at first sight couple who were spotted together this week was Bryce and Melissa. A So Dramatic listener already snapped these two last week and they got the proof that every single pap in the country was after. It was Melissa watching his soccer game in her hometown of Somerville and they also snapped the pair chatting afterwards. That listener's report card is already A plus for everything this semester. Now, not that we need any more proof, but we have it, so I'll present it anyway. Just in case there are any doubters still out there. So Bryce and Melissa were seen by another listener having lunch at Bond Store Cafe in South Bank this week. They didn't look as happy and loved up as Alana and Jason, but I don't think I've ever seen Bryce smile, so that's not really out of character for him. I'm going to share this photo on Instagram as well at so dramatic Podcast underscore. Please keep sending in your celebrity spottings, guys, and don't forget pics or it didn't happen. Oh my God. Oh my God. This week we saw Cameron's affair with Coco finally snap, crackle and pop. On Wednesday, I dropped an explosive interview with one of Cameron's ex-girlfriends. Go and listen to that interview if you haven't already. She made a number of serious allegations against Cameron that included domestic assault and emotional abuse. And after listening to that episode, one contestant actually got in touch with me and confirmed that the claims made against Cameron in that episode were not surprising to them. And they said that he was a lot worse in real life than is being shown on TV, which is a little bit shocking to hear. They said, I feel like Cameron got off really easy. He said and did a lot of horrible things that haven't made the cut, and he seems to have gotten away with everything so far. For example, he made this sexist comment about Coco and Samantha, basically boasting about having both of them at the same time. He said on camera behind both of their backs, I have rice bubbles upstairs and Coco pops downstairs. He was laughing about it when he said it. It gets played back at the reunion and Coco and Samantha were not happy when they heard it. He totally played both women and he wanted the best of both worlds. Ugh, he is actually the worst. 
I cannot even watch him on TV now without being triggered by this man. Like, background checks clearly do not exist on this show. Do better, Channel 9. Oh my God, oh my God. It has already been touched on during the show that Cameron knew Sam before filming and they didn't exactly get along. Cameron said that Sam was a pig to women, pot kettle black, but we digress. And now it has been revealed that Cameron also knew Bryce before Married at First Sight. Wow, birds of a feather really do flock together. A source who knows them both explained the connection to So Dramatic saying, Cameron and Bryce played for the same soccer club. They didn't play together at the same time, just for the same club. Cameron was there a little bit before Bryce, so they both knew of each other before filming. Bryce walked up to Cameron at the Bucks night and introduced himself and said, I used to play for Churchill Soccer Club and I used to coach there too. Cameron was apparently like, okay, cool. I don't really give a you know what, mate. The source said, it's just ironic that two guys who played for the same club just so happened to be on Married at First Sight at the exact same time. What are the odds? Anyway, I'm throwing Spammerin, Bruce and Slim Shady in the trash where they belong. Oh my God, oh my God. Speaking of Bruce... Seems like he's wasting no time milking his newfound celebrity status. I mean, if we could even call it that. Newfound misogynist status, I should say. According to a well-connected source, Bryce has been ringing around to every club in Melbourne and asking for complimentary VIP service. The only club Bryce will ever be a VIP member of is the Super Spreader Club. They said Bryce has been messaging all the clubs and mentioning who he is and that he's on Married at First Sight and he's been asking for a free booth and drinks. However, he sent the exact same message to all of the clubs and they are mainly owned and managed by a handful of the same people. So it was super funny when he copied and pasted the text around to essentially the same person. And he's so dumb that he still hasn't realised. It just seems a little bit desperate and inauthentic to send a copy and paste message around asking for free shit. He also wrote that he's being harassed by the public, so needs to be looked after when he's in there. Honestly, how old is this guy? Seriously, what a man baby. Bryce, you're not Kim Kardashian. You don't need an entourage of bodyguards. No one is lining up for your autograph. Calm down. Oh my God, oh my God. Last week, I also revealed that Bryce had been spotted at a nightclub with Melissa in Melbourne. This is what the person told me at the time. They said, Spotted, Bryce and Melissa were at Secret Garden Nightclub. We had a private area for a hen's party and the manager came over and asked if some of the Married at First Sight stars could sit with us in the area. Now, according to another person who was at the venue in the same group, Bryce actually arrived at the venue, demanded that he be given a booth, and when the staff told him that there was no booths available, they went over and asked the hen's party if they would mind if Bryce sat with them. They said that it was fine, but when they asked Bryce if he was okay sitting with the hens party, he told the staff no and said, get them out of here. Yes, that's a legit quote. He said, get them out of here. The hens party was then told that their time in the booth was up and they were moved out. The lion, the witch, and the audacity of this bitch. Bryce has honestly got more arrogance than Kanye West launching a new pair of Yeezy sneakers and less shame than Kanye when he stormed into the TMZ newsroom in 2018. I could only dream to be this confident. Oh my God, oh my God. Bryce was recently confronted on radio about a rumour that he had slept with Connie from last season of Married at First Sight. Bryce denied the claim and this is what he said. Ugh, Connie, does she look like my type of girl? No, I can guarantee now that that never happened. 
funny that, because according to one of his radio colleagues, Bryce was actually the one who started the rumour about Connie to begin with. His colleague told So Dramatic, Bryce was boasting in the office about banging Connie from last season. This was pre-filming and when he was still with Lana, mind you. He said they slept together and then she sent him this massive rant message when she found out he was going on Married at First Sight. I read it. She said something like, he's only doing this to get a breakfast radio gig and that it's unfair if he gets matched with someone genuinely looking for love on the show. She also told him how heartbroken the girl will be when she finds out he's not there for the right reasons, blah, blah, blah. This all happened when he was still in Victoria and he was still 100% with Lana the whole time he was in Victoria. So either he's cheated on Lana or he's made up the fact that he slept with Connie to look good. Congratulations to Bryce for gaslighting over 100 women, all for a blue tick and a teeth whitening sponsorship. Honestly, Dirty John has got nothing on Bruce Ratherbland. Oh my God, oh my God. Just when you thought Bryce couldn't possibly get any worse, the plot thickens once more. Now, I have already revealed on the podcast that Bryce cheated on his fiance Lana with multiple women. I think there's been about four or five women now. I'm losing count. I'll have to go back and start a tally just to keep track. He's officially our President Trump super spreader. Now, just this week, another woman has come forward claiming to have slept with Bryce when he was with Lana. They told So Dramatic, hey, just listening to your latest episode. I want to remain anonymous, please, but I was also stupid enough to fall for Bryce and when we hooked up, he had a fiancé. I didn't know it at the time because he said that it was over between them, but I found out later that wasn't exactly the case. Bryce is extremely good at making women feel like he needs them. When we hooked up, he played the victim card. So any woman who is going through daddy issues and wants someone to rescue feels the need to protect him at all costs. He asked for advice about the woman he is currently with, i.e. Lana at the time, and then lures you into thinking you're exactly what he needs. He's a sweet talker and upon reflection knows exactly what he's doing. I really can't see what they mean by sweet talker. All I hear when he opens his mouth are insults to women and toxic masculinity. I am dying to know what his secret is to luring all of these women. Like, does he ejaculate $100 bills or something? He's honestly got more tickets on himself than the Thursday Powerball. Oh my God, oh my God. As revealed by So Dramatic recently, Bryce was dumped from his hit 104.7 radio job for acting like a total diva in the office and basically just being difficult when he returned from filming, acting like this big celebrity. After being dumped from the station, he then moved to Melissa's home in Somerville. Now, I have an update on his current work situation from one of his former colleagues who said, Hey, Megan, what you said about Bryce and why he left Hit Canberra is 100% accurate. He bullies everyone he works with. He thinks he is the best and everyone else is below him. I also heard yesterday that he has scored a part-time job on the Nova Street team in Melbourne. His radio career started on a radio street team in Rockhampton 10 years ago, so he would be hating it. Then, just as I was going to record, I had another tip come in. Hot off the press this one is. They wrote, I don't know if I'm allowed to tell you this, but Bryce just applied at my work, Radio 97 on the Gold Coast, to be a breakfast announcer. Not sure what that means for him and Melissa. Hopefully I won't be seeing him around the office anytime soon. Laughing face emoji. Love you and your work. So either Bryce and Melissa might be making a sea change to the Gold Coast together, or maybe Bryce is going to be relocating on his own. Watch this space. Oh my God. Oh my God. 
This week on Married at First Sight, we saw Jake cop it big time from Beck after he went out and got on the beers with the boys after the first commitment ceremony. Beck actually was so angry that she moved out of the apartment because Jake had gone out with the boys for a few drinks. I must admit, this did seem like a little bit of an overreaction. However, as usual, we were not shown the full story. The Crackdown editing producers were up to their usual tricks. One contestant tells So Dramatic, Beck didn't move out because Jake went out with the boys. They conveniently edited out the part where a few of the boys came back so blind drunk that they vomited everywhere. The reason Beck got a new apartment was because she didn't want to sleep in an apartment that smelt like vomit. Jason also came back drunk and vomited everywhere, and Alana was also pissed off, but they never showed it. That's why Jason was trying to make things up to her by cooking her the spaghetti bowl. The majority of the cast went out, and Russell was shouting everyone shots. So that's why they all ended up so drunk. No surprises there that it was Dan Andrews instigating getting on the beers. Actually, speaking of Dan Andrews getting on the beers, I have dropped a video of Russell doing a Dan Andrews getting on the beers remix. Go and have a look at that. It's on my Instagram at So Dramatic Podcast. It is such iconic content. Russell is the gift that keeps on giving in my eyes. Oh my God. Oh my God. Speaking of Russell... His big night out on the beers didn't affect Beth because they were already sleeping in separate rooms at that point, which we also were not shown. So Russell threw a huge tantrum over which side of the bed he slept on and Beth wouldn't budge. So he ended up sleeping on the couch that night. And then after that, he got his own room. However, we were only showed that he was sleeping on the couch. One contestant says Russell got so upset and had a huge tantrum over which side of the bed he slept on. He wanted a certain side and so did Beth and they had this huge argument about it and couldn't come to an agreement. So he refused to sleep in the bed again after that to prove a point. He told the experts that he would fall out of the bed if he didn't sleep on that side. It was a really petty fight, but it was kind of hilarious at the same time. Hashtag first world problems. After that, Russell got his own hotel room, but they never showed that. Look, if I was Russell... I would have got written into my contract that I wanted that massage chair transported to the hotel for the duration of filming. If I owned that massage chair, I wouldn't get out of it. Rookie error, Russell. Oh my God, oh my God. Russell has given us some iconic content this season already. However, he was apparently very different to how producers expected him to be. One contestant explains to So Dramatic, they had to refilm Russell going into the Bucks night because he walked in and said, This is the biggest stitch up of my life. I didn't even know what I'm doing here. A friend signed me up. Producers had to cut everything and pulled him aside and were like, Russell, you can't say that. You can't pretend that you don't want to be here and you don't know what you're doing. So they had to shoot his walk in three times. They also pulled him aside a number of times during filming and were saying to him that he wasn't the person they cast for the show and he was being very different to what they expected him to be. Not only was Russell not what producers expected, but Married at First Sight didn't seem to be what Russell had expected. Apparently, Russell claimed to have never watched the show before. The contestant says, No one believed him, though, because who hasn't watched Married at First Sight and who would sign up without watching? He was playing dumb to save face because Beth had basically rejected him from the get-go. He also complained about being stuck on the show after Beth wrote leave and begged the producers to let him leave. He was complaining, saying he was wasting money being here. Oh my God, oh my God. Let's talk about our queen, Coco. One of the most iconic characters I think this show has ever seen. What about that jumpsuit she wore to the dinner party? 
very risque, but honestly, can you blame her for wanting to show off? If I had that body, I would be wearing that jumpsuit to Coles. Now, I received an interesting tidbit this week from another police officer about Coco's past working as a cop. Now, we all know that she was previously a uniformed police officer and she left the force to start her own Pilates studio. However, I have been told that Coco actually hasn't left the force completely and currently still works as an intelligence analyst. The police officer told So Dramatic, apparently Coco quit the police because she didn't get the transfer she wanted. Her rich father then bought her the Pilates studio, but she went back to work as a civilian employee in the police. But I guess that's not an interesting enough job title. Civilian employees are sometimes sworn officers, but usually unsworn, so she doesn't have powers of arrest, etc. So if Coco is technically still a police officer, hopefully she can arrest some of these guys on the show for their disgusting behavior. Oh my God, oh my God. This is bad behavior. Everybody calm down. It's a case for the FBI. So scandalous. Let's use this segment to talk about what is going to be coming up this week on Married at First Sight. So on Sunday, we have the mass exodus where three couples leave the experiment at once. Beth and Russell, Sam and Coco and Cameron and Samantha. Beth and Russell, they leave the experiment amicably. Russell wasn't even trying to see if there was something there with Beth. As soon as she rejected him, he was over it. They were clearly just friends the whole time and it's not working out as we can see. So they leave on good terms and I believe that they have remained friends after the show. Sam and Coco, so they were obviously never a thing, but Coco denies that anything happened between her and Cam right up until the minute she leaves. However, she did meet up with Cam multiple times and they hooked up as well. In fact, they even met up as recently as the morning of the commitment ceremony before they decided to leave the show. One contestant dishes, Cam wanted to clear the air about why he didn't defend Coco at the dinner party. Look, Cam is honestly the biggest gaslighter known to mankind. He could light up this country for a whole year if he wanted to. They go on, Cam and Coco have a secret hookup that morning and it was all caught on camera. Then at the commitment ceremony, the experts, brackets, who obviously knew, kept prodding Coco and Cam about their affair, but they both deny it point blank. Coco has a slip of the tongue when talking about Sam and she says Cam's name instead. It was clear that she had something going on with him. However, she says that she didn't cross the line during the experiment, that there was no physical contact and they were adamant that nothing happened at all and they were just friends. But we later found out at the reunion that they had in fact hooked up multiple times, including that very day. So Coco is a liar, liar, pants on fire, basically. I've mentioned before that Coco and Cam end the experiment saying that they're going to give things a shot on the outside. However, as we know, as I've mentioned in a previous episode, go back and listen if you haven't already, that Cam basically ghosts Coco when they leave the experiment and nothing actually eventuates. At this commitment ceremony, Samantha also gives Cameron a piece of her mind. She tells him that he's been a monumental waste of her time and that she can't wait to run out the door. She serves Cameron up and I cannot wait to see that happen. Poor Samantha. She's such a queen and like the fact that she just gets royally effed over by this gaslighting asshole honestly blows my mind. As I've spoke about on a previous episode as well, this is the commitment ceremony where James says that he's in love with the sexologist Alessandra Rompolo. However, it wasn't him trying to run off with her or anything. It was just a bad joke that was not well received by the group or the experts. Apparently, Alessandra hits back at him big time and 
Joanne was also seething about the comment. One contestant says, Joanne was gobsmacked and they had a huge argument about it after the commitment ceremony and they ended up getting separate hotel rooms. Joe later found out that James actually went on a huge bender that night and didn't come home for 24 hours. He never told her where he was. He left his ring in the apartment and she was furious. Sam and Bryce also have another huge argument at the commitment ceremony. I cannot wait to see that. Their last fight at the dinner party was probably one of my most favorite dramas in the entire history of this show, I think. You know someone is really, really bad when they make Sam look like the good guy. I can't get over Bryce saying to his hostage wife, Melissa, that he wouldn't hit on her in a bar, but then he was so upset when Sam called him nervous. Male fragility is at an all-time high on this show. Let's just say that. So John the expert, he apparently slams Bryce at this commitment ceremony so much so that Bryce gets up and walks out. Bryce, 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 Bryce. Bruce, Bruce, Bruce. If you can't handle the heat, get out of the kitchen. That is a woman's domain in your world anyway. Now a huge bombshell is gonna go off this week. We are introduced to six new intruders. Only four have been leaked so far, so the producers have done a really good job to keep the third couple under wraps until now. I am shocked that it hasn't leaked already. Praise be. According to my source, apparently the producers not only went to extreme lengths to keep this third couple a secret from us, they also went to extreme lengths to keep the third couple a secret from the other cast members. They weren't revealed until the dinner party, so the contestants thought that there were only two couples and then a third couple rocked up at the dinner party. So the cast get introduced to the first two intruder couples because they actually attended their weddings as guests. Well, wedding crashes. The cast members were only expecting two intruder couples, so at the dinner party when they rock up, they're like, holy shit, there's a third. A source has explained why the contestants attended the intruders' weddings. They said, producers didn't have enough guests to attend the wedding due to COVID, so they got the contestants to act as seat fillers, basically. Producers had also run out of things for the couples to do because they couldn't go outside and do stuff, so they were stuck in the room a lot of the time. That's why they had to come up with so many different tasks for them this season. A lot of the couples could have probably lasted longer without COVID, but because they were stuck in the room 24-7, it added even more pressure to the pressure cooker experiment. So the producers used the contestants as basically rent a crowd because it was something for them to do as a couple. It killed two birds with one stone, basically. Now, drum roll, please. This week, we also have an exciting Married at First Sight first. Liam Cooper, who is one of the intruder grooms, he reveals that he's bisexual. Yay to MAPS producers for finally casting outside the white straight mailbox, tick. Now Liam actually drops this bombshell at the wedding reception in front of all the other MAPS contestants guests. One contestant who was there explains, Beck made a joke about him swinging both ways. She had no idea he actually did. She just kind of put her foot in it. And then Liam was like, yeah, I actually do. Everyone was sitting there gobsmacked. Their jaws dropped to the floor. No one knew what to do or say. Liam's bride, Georgia, was also shocked and initially iced him out, but eventually she comes around with it and he's okay. Okay, so let's talk about the intruders quickly. According to my sources, the intruders had to be called in at the 11th hour because so many of the couples unexpectedly left early. They reveal 
It was a massive scramble because they didn't expect so many couples and so many big personalities to leave so early on in the piece. They had the intruders up their sleeves already, but everything had to be brought forward by a few weeks and it was a huge ordeal due to the COVID restrictions. Normal filming had to be put on hold until they could fly all the contestants in and film the weddings. So the old contestants actually got a few days off from filming. They were lucky they were able to make it happen at all. So we have Liam Cooper, the very first bisexual man in the experiment. I cannot wait to watch this. So he's been leaked as a personal trainer at F45. However, that is just his job on the side. He's actually a prison case manager. He's a country boy who loves horses and he is bisexual, but he does want to settle down and start a family with a woman. Now, a little bit of a spoiler, him and Georgia are said to be a very good match and I'm told that they go all the way. However, Georgia was apparently not very happy during the experiment when Liam tells her that he's slept with over 50 people. This was addressed on their honeymoon and it turned into a bit of an argument between them. So his partner, Georgia Fairweather, she comes from a very wealthy family and her mother is apparently a really big deal in the tech world. She hosts a web channel and she's a bikini model and she also has her own bikini company. She also studied at a Swiss boarding school. Very fancy. And it seems like she also has common ground with Liam already because she's a very successful horse rider and he used to play polo for a number of years. Now I have some juicy info from a friend of George's who told me, I went to her house once and literally every single inch of her house was pink. I wish I was kidding. Like I'm talking the floors, the walls, the whole bedroom. She's extremely wealthy. She has a hot pink Mercedes and is very strange. Her family is so rich, it's sickening. They just give her whatever she wants. Another friend of George's said, she's a bit of a mean girl, as in she only hangs out with people that have the same Gucci bags and stuff. Her first car was a pink Merc and she's a horse girl. A few celebs are family friends with her. For example, her mum posted at a dinner with Hugh Sheridan once. Blue tickers stick together, as we know. They said, also, until COVID, she was actually living in London slash Hong Kong, so I don't know if she's planning on going back once COVID is over. I then said to this person that they were making her out to sound like a spoiled brat, and they said, 100% she's a spoiled brat, so I'm interested to see how the producers make her look. Whoever she's with hopefully has money, because he'll need it to keep up with her. Now, as I mentioned before, I do believe that this couple goes all the way, And it does look like they do last because Georgia posted a photo on her story this week wearing a wedding ring on her finger. So it looks like a happy ending for these two is definitely on the cards. Then we have Johnny. He's a Brisbane theatre star. So clearly he's there for fame. I mean, love. He's also Italian. Represent. So we may have found our next Mr. Italy. Move over, Rudy. A little bit of tea about Johnny. He was previously married to another theatre actor. They were together for two years then married for six months before his wife left him and broke his heart. That ended about a year and a half ago, I believe. So he's paired with Kerry Knight, an occupational therapist. Whatever type of job that is, that could be anything. She's also a divorcee. She was married to someone for six years and she only broke up with him two years ago. However, when they split, she actually continued living with him and they still live with each other at present. Now, a little bit of tea about Johnny and Kerry. Johnny caught Kerry texting her ex-husband, the one who she still lives with, during their honeymoon. Apparently she tried to downplay it and said she was just checking in on her dog, but Johnny was super uncomfortable about it and it causes a lot of tension between them right at the very start of their relationship. So they don't get off to a good start, I'm told. He also doesn't like the fact that she still lives with her ex-husband, which I mean, fair. Now let's talk about the intruder couple that was meant to be a big secret. 
Chris Jensen is the groom. He's a FIFO worker and he has two kids. Now, I already have some tea on Chris. A source says, My friend's boyfriend works with Chris and he's going to be an intruder on MAFs this season. He recently took time off work and said that he was going to get married. She said that he doesn't last long because the chick he's paired with is a psycho. She's apparently batshit crazy and they do not last long. The wife they're referring to is Jamie. She's a marketing brand manager from Blue Tick Community Bondi. And I'm told that she's a bigger bitch than Beck. Their words, not mine. One contestant said that she puts Chris through hell throughout the season, so that will be great viewing for us. They said, Jamie wanted a successful businessman and wasn't too impressed when she got paired with FIFO worker Chris, who she told the other brides wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed. Now, a few bombshells that are going to be dropped next week. The dinner party on Wednesday is going to be explosive, possibly even more explosive than Bryce throwing the wine on Sam. Joe and James have a massive blow up at one of the intruders weddings. A source said James and Joe were going at each other all day and saying nasty things to each other because at this point they were no longer on speaking terms and had moved to separate apartments. James actually said to the new couple when they met, we feel your pain. And then Joe said to them, you'll be happy for the first five days and then the roller coaster will begin. It was so awkward for everyone else sitting there. They do, however, manage to patch things up at this intruder wedding and they say that they want to give things another shot. However, it is short lived because James goes and fucks things up again at the dinner party when he makes a move on one of the intruders. Yes, he hits on one of the new brides. A source explains, James cracks onto Kerry and says, I'm single by the way, and he grabs her and hugs her. It was super creepy to watch and Joe was really offended and upset and they have another huge argument about it. Johnny apparently wasn't very happy about it either and he pulls James aside during the night to have words with him about getting too close to his wife. So that'll be juicy to watch. But that's not the only argument James finds himself in that night. He's involved in a huge argument with the Mormon couple Patrick and Belinda. A source dishes... Patrick confronts James over calling his wife Belinda Frigid. Yes, James called poor Belinda Frigid. James made a comment to the boys that Belinda was Frigid because she wouldn't sleep with Patrick. It gets back to Belinda and she was really upset and embarrassed by it. Understandably. Then Patrick was demanding that James apologize to her in front of the group. He was yelling at him across the table. It got super heated and James was refusing that he did anything wrong and would not apologize. At the same dinner party, the group also confront Bryce, the not-so-closet Aryan, over his secret girlfriend, Courtney, who he was hiding back home and meeting up with during filming. Forget the secret girlfriend he was hiding on the outside. I still cannot believe that he told Melissa he didn't like her eye colour. Anyway, I've gone into detail already on Bryce's secret girlfriend, Courtney, in a previous episode. Go back and listen to that if you haven't already, so you're up to speed on all of the details. It's a fast-moving beast. So the other contestants found out about Courtney, and that was mainly due to Cam having mutual friends with them on the outside. He found out about it. He told the other contestants. Then Beck confronts Bryce at the dinner party about it, and she basically demands that he fesses up to it. No surprises here, but Bryce denies the whole thing and basically dies with the lie. Honestly, every time he speaks, my vagina stitches itself closed. I nominate Bryce to replace Megan and Harry at Buckingham Palace, minus the royal appearances so we don't have to see him. Warning. <coughs> oh my God. Okay, let, let's focus. That's all the tea I've got for you guys today. You know the drill. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate and review. Five stars only, of course. If you didn't, please keep your one-star reviews to yourself. 
If you could please also share the episode wherever you're listening to it on social media or even just with friends, it would be a big, big help. If you want daily gossip updates, follow me on Instagram at SoDramaticPodcast underscore. If you want sassy banter during Married at First Sight, follow me on Twitter at SoDramaticPod. And don't forget to join our Facebook group with all of the episode chat threads and sassy banter and lols daily. That is So Dramatic Podcast Community. And head to SoDramaticMedia.com for everything else, including the merch. We're having a 40% off sale at the moment to celebrate reaching 1 million downloads. Don't forget to use the code 1 million for 40% off everything. And Drama Army, please keep sending in your tips and receipts. It honestly keeps the wheels of this show turning. Before we go, just a little exciting announcement. One listener wrote in this week and I have to read it out. It is so cute. It literally made my day. She said, I was in labor listening to your podcast. Loved the 5 a.m. Friday release because my waters broke at 2 a.m. and I had my epidural, brackets magic, at 4 a.m. just in time. I know Baby Boston is your main, brackets little man, but I think you should also consider Baby Eric. We love your podcast, Love, B and Eric. And she attached a photo of little baby Eric. He's so cute. So we officially have a so dramatic baby. God help that child because he's going to need therapy by the time he's one listening to my toxic gossip. Anyway, super cute. Thank you so much for sending that in. It literally made my day. Guys, thank you for listening to another episode of So Dramatic. Goodbye, good riddance and good luck. Ciao for now. Kind regards. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. So Dramatic with Megan Pistetto. 